Welcome to With That Being Said, a podcast on life, love, and everything in between. I'm so glad you've decided to join the conversation. Hi, I'm Esther Boykin. And I'm Erica Turner. And with that being said, marriage is not that hard. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not. Which I think is such a... um, Controversial? Not controversial. Not controversial, but I do feel like there is this sort of message out there. And it's, I mean, certainly we have both professionally, and I'm sure, at least I can say for myself personally, said to people, like, no, marriage is work. Like, it's not this sort of magical thing that happens to you. But I do feel like it's also not as hard as sometimes we make it out to be. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, it's kind of like marriage being hard or marriage being work has kind of come into like two extreme camps, right? Like there's one camp that's like marriage is really hard. You've you've got to do everything that you can do. Yes. It takes all of all of your energy to like make it work. And then there's this camp that's like if we love each other, it's not work and everything will just be fine and yes. you know, as long as we love each other and mm-hmm. you know, we're committed to each other then it shouldn't be that hard and it shouldn't be work. Yeah. And it's the truth is really somewhere in the middle of those two extreme positions. I agree. I definitely agree. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's sort of that soulmate right. fairy tale versus what I sort of envision, which I'm sure is not true for many, many couples, but kind of this like very old school, like we got married, we're committed, and however miserable we are, we will Fight through this. Suck it up. Suck it up and you will make it in. I think the reality is that, as you said, marriage, like it's in the middle. Right. It's um, like a healthy marriage, I feel like, is in the middle. Yes. It's not going to be, you know, oh, I just am not attracted to other people now because I'm I love you. Like, no, that's not really yeah. how that works at that all. That is not how that works. Or it's like, <laughs> or I don't have to make an effort because you just love me for my core, beautiful inner beauty. And of course. so if I never change out of sweatpants for eight months, what We're do you good. care? We're, right? good. We're good. Like, no. no, that's not it either. But it shouldn't be like, you know, if you are having sort of like every day is miserable or long stretches of misery and it's painful and difficult all the time like that's not normal either exactly that's not okay either like something and not saying you need to get a divorce but certainly you want to look at it and try to figure out what's going on and right you know why does it feel so hard so often i think is a really good question if that's sort of where you're feeling and you know um and I think it's interesting. And well, this, uh, I guess the soulmate piece is always interesting to me because I think um, I kind of lean on the romantic end of things. Like I like a good romantic comedy. I love that kind of. It makes for good movies. But I really don't believe in. And I think often it is disappointing when people sort of buy into that idea. Like there's this one person, person. out there for you. Um, because in lots of ways, when you even if you find the one. It really sets you up for a lot of disappointment. There's actually some good research that says that I'm right about that. That says like people who believe in soulmates and believe in this idea that there's only one person out there for them often are much more, much less satisfied with their relationship. Which makes sense, right? Because whatever partner you have, they're not meeting 
all of your needs. They're not meeting like everything you've envisioned for yourself. Like, so if that's your narrative that somebody should do those things, that somebody should meet all of your needs, like you're going to be disappointed because that's just not how it works. Right. Exactly. And then you start to question like, well, maybe I made a mistake. Right. If they're not meeting all my needs, then they're not the one. Right. Like, no, no, they're just a human being like you are. Just they like can't. you are. And they can't meet all of your needs because you're a complex little snowflake. And yeah. no one person is going <laughs> to satisfy everything. No, they can't do that. And <laughs> and that's okay. And they right. could totally be perfect for you. But not perfect. Exactly. And not like, you know, not meet all of your needs like 100% completely all the time. Like nobody is going to do that. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what what we mean when we say marriage is work. Like, because I think you and I have an idea, and I think a lot of couple therapists have an idea about what that phrase means. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that that in the larger culture, that phrase means something else or means a lot of things that aren't necessarily what I think are true. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's true. And I think it's funny because I feel like it's sort of, you know, I think maybe as therapists we say like, oh, you know, sometimes marriage is hard work. Right. First of all, sometimes right. it's hard work. It's always effort, but sometimes it's hard work. And I feel like people sort of, they drop the sometimes and the work and they're just sort of like, marriage is hard. It's so Like they're hard. going into like a coal mine. <laughs> right. Day well, after day to try to, and it's. It is hard sometimes. Sure. I mean, I think it's like anything else in your life it, that requires some effort. Like, we don't always want to put the effort in, but... Well, yeah, and it's like, you know, people will say, like, my old ball and chain and, like, mm-hmm. things like that, that there's this connotation like, oh, it's it's work and it should be work. But I think, you know, for you and I, when we talk about it being work, I mean things sort of like, you know, when you are upset with your partner and you, you know, you really want to say something to them, but they are totally stressed out, like have had a bad day at work Mm -hmm. and they're just like totally not in a good space right now. Like that might not be the best moment to bring up, you know, your frustration with them not, you know, doing the laundry or whatever. Like it can wait and I'm going to take the time to wait and then bring it to that person when they're not like totally right you know freaking out about work and stressed and that kind of thing like that takes effort to do that like yeah. my natural inclination would be like why can't you do the freaking laundry <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and yeah and then the work is going okay how big a deal is this and grand, you know like can I take care of this person's needs above my own preferences right um, and I think that's sometimes that that's that effort is recognizing the difference between like what I need from you versus what I want from you. Like I want you to go do the laundry. Right. But I don't need it. And you exactly. need me to be a little bit more compassionate or patient with you in this moment. And I'll put your need above my want. Like. Right. And I think, yeah, we I don't know if everyone always gets that. Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think recognizing that to begin with, just recognizing kind of the, the situation like. One of the things I, you know, when I'm working with couples and something I definitely ask myself is if I'm about to bring up something, you know, annoying or difficult or whatever, like, what do I want to happen at the end of this conversation? Mm -hmm. What do I want the result to be? Like, what am I hoping for here? And what's realistic? You know, sometimes I ask myself that question and then I realize, and I think we've talked about this before, like, I realize, like, 
I'm not willing to do the thing that I'm asking him to do. And I'm just like, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> so maybe I'll just keep this to myself. <laughs> yeah. There are definitely, you know, I feel like I've been married long enough where there are things where I'm like, oh, that is a standard I wish I had not set. Like, I, I sort of was like, I need you to do this thing. And then now that I... You know, now if my yeah, husband's doing, doing it, it you're like, oh. it means I have to be willing to do the same. And I'm like, oh, this is a lot of effort. Right. Why this would I make him do for all this work? Yeah, why did I make him do that? But but even that process of thinking about it on the inside is a lot of, that's, that's work. Right. But it's not painful work. No. Some days it's harder than others, but it's not, yeah, it doesn't not make me like miserable. Back bending, like... No, I mean, I think that consideration for your partner, that thinking about their needs and, you know, thinking about your own, but also thinking about how you can help them meet your needs, Mm -hmm. right? Like setting them up to be successful in meeting your needs instead of setting them up to fail. Like all of that takes effort and all of that is work. Yes. But it's not like, oh my God, I'm so miserable because I had to wait till, you know, the next day to ask him about like, hey, can we figure out a different plan for the laundry because this isn't working for me? Yeah. And I couldn't say that because, you know, he was so stressed out or whatever. Like, it it was effort, but I wasn't going to die. Right. It wasn't like, like I was so miserable, <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't right. bring this up. I, I just, know. And what a crazy idea of maybe I just did it anyway. Right. Which I think is also... And some of what's really difficult is being a little bit less selfish. I think we're all fairly selfish. Sure. (laughs) I mean, it's just sort of human nature, right? Like, we see things first from our own perspective. And figuring out, like, how do I begin to see some of the stuff that I do that feels like work as just sort of in service to this person who brings so many positive things to my life. Right. And then it feels better. You know, I always think about the work in terms of, well, so I own a business, right? Obviously. (laughs) You're aware of that. I hope hope so, because I get paychecks from here. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So there's this, I love, I love not just being a therapist, but I love like owning a practice in this there are things that I do not enjoy doing. There are tasks that are annoying to me. Sure. Um, and some weeks, depending on how busy my schedule is, it feels like more work than others. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, like, this is work I love to do, so I'm happy to do it. And I think that's kind of how we... Appro- Ideally, that's how we should be approaching marriage. Is like, right. there's lots of tasks that need to be get done to get done to make this work for both of us, to make it successful and healthy and whatever. Do I want to do all of them every day and every week? No, but I do them because the big picture is like, oh, we then we have this really nice like connection and it feels good and I have somebody to like, you know, like cuddle and right. watch. Go to the movies with. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Raise children if you're so inclined. Right, exactly. <laughs> or get a dog or, you yeah. know, whatever you're going to go do. Like, you have yeah. someone to share a life with. Right. Um, and I think, you know, part of the reason we're having this conversation, you know, kind of the what we were talking about in the beginning is that a lot of people seem to know that marriage should require some degree of mm-hmm. work. Like, I feel like that, <laughs> that narrative has gotten out. Yeah. But sometimes I think, you know, it's, people getting stuck on because it should be work it should be like I don't know back grinding 
awfulness. Right. And that's not what it should be. No, it's almost like the message got out with zero details. Right. <laughs> like marriage should be work. And so then anything that seems uncomfortable, a lot of people just chalk up to being like, well, this is what marriage is, right? It's it's, it's hard. hard. It's hard. hard. It's like, mm, no. A yeah. lot of those really difficult things are not it. And then some other small things that I think we um, take for granted are some of the work of like being in a healthy relationship. Like you and I, we've talked about the kind of like putting in some effort and, right. um, you know. Not being in sweatpants all the time. Right. By no means am I saying that people should be, like, I need to be in pearls and, like, heels. a dress and heels and, like, meet them at the door with a cocktail. Right. Like, that's no. not... That's Unless not that's it. your jam, then by all means, go for it. Right. If you love it, <laughs> go for it. Do it. But effort. And that go, and it goes both ways. Like, I think guys just talk less about what they put on than we do. Right. Exactly. But, I, I mean, I remember. But the cute pajamas. Like, I have, like, yeah. I don't, I want to be comfortable at home. But, like, you know, sometimes I'm not going to wear my big, like, you know, tent pants. Like, sometimes <laughs> I buy the cute little, like, J. Crew pajamas or whatever. That, yeah. They're cute. And they're, they're, they show that I have a body and my husband likes my body. So it's. It's a positive it's thing. It's a positive it's a, thing. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be like this whole like extreme. You can find ways to still be comfortable or still like fit your own style or whatever. But that like remind your partner like, oh, like part of the reason we're married and we love each other is that we also like having sex. And right. Like that's a part of the equation here. Yeah. We like having sex. We like being affectionate. Like. Hey, yeah. remember this person that you are attracted to? Like, still here. Yes. Which I think is also sort of that is another piece of that, like, marriage narrative. Like, oh, you get married and you, like, you're not having sex. And it's all, like, as if all of these things are sort of, like, to get you there. And now you're at this end destination that you're supposed to endure for the rest of your life. Like, right. marriage should be, like, this a continuation of, like, a fun adventure that you started with somebody. You met. You dated. You decided that I want to keep doing this with this one person. And that would include things like being attractive for each other, having sex with each other, being right. affectionate, having conversation. Like, that's the work of marriage. Like, it's just keep doing what you did to be attractive and connect with each other in the first place. Right. Which is always kind of, you know, I'm always very surprised which seems silly given the work that we do <laughs> that, you know, but people really do sort of chalk it up to, oh, well, we're just not going to, yeah, like it's over. Yeah. Like, you know, and you know, as, as a couples therapist, you meet with couples who are like, you know, I'm like, when was the last time you guys did something fun? Just the two of you. <laughs> and when that answer is like more than three weeks, I'm like, so what do you think? How do you think your marriage is going to be sustained on like, Nothing like your your marriage yeah. is like built on the fact that you live in the same house, and you share parenting responsibilities. But there's no like, there's right. no fun. I mean, there has to be like having fun together, yeah. enjoying each other's company, enjoying each other's like shared interests. Like when that piece, and I think we've talked about this before. Like I always think of marriage as sort of like the Jenga tower, right? Like yeah. there's the, the the sexual chemistry, there's the shared interest, there's the you know inside jokes, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's parenting. Um, when you take out each of those blocks, 
you don't have anything left. Right, like you've got, you have these other superficial life things that you've built on a foundation that you stopped taking care of. Right. So now your Jenga tower is all wobbly. Yeah. And it's going to fall. Right. So. (laughs) Set the blocks back. (laughs) (laughs) I play a lot of Jenga with my kid clients, so. (laughs) But I think it's such a perfect um, visual that so often we forget. And I think people get caught up in the other kinds of work. And so it's wobbly. And then you're doing all these things to hold it together. Right. And then people start to think that's the work of marriage. Right. And, and the that wobbly. is the wobbly, the wobbly sort of, yeah, like, and then that is work, right? Like right. not picking a fight, ignoring, you know, like snippy comments, like all of this it other gets stuff harder. that it gets harder and harder. And the truth is that the most important work of marriage are things like going out and having fun, um, continuing to share your interests with each other, um, paying attention, having sex, being affectionate. That's the work of marriage. And, you know, in my book, like, that's not really hard. No, if you, and I I think you, you put a, put a great perspective on it. If you are sort of on the, if you're doing the, like the healthier work, right? Like if it hasn't gotten to the point where it's distressed, it's not that hard. It gets harder the further you get away from sort of like maintenance, right? Like the more you get towards sort of like, I'm not having, I'm not able to say things in my marriage because it could get explosive. Right. You know, I'm not able to do certain things that I feel like I should be able to do because my partner doesn't agree. Like the farther apart you get, the more work there is. Yes. But if you stay connected, if you can stay connected or get connected, then that is sort of like, I mean, you have to think about it. You do have to put in a little effort. You can't just go running around doing whatever you want all the time. But it's not like, you know, it's like the work of like a good job, like a job that's like feels good and you feel good about it. You feel connected to it. It's good. Yeah. I still have to show up every day and sometimes I prefer to sleep in, but it's fine. I can do this. I always feel like it's a little bit like, um, I've used this analogy with a couple of clients before. I'm like, it's like a car. And I always use myself because I, for whatever reason, like, I hate the maintenance of a car, like, which sounds both lazy and somewhat ridiculous. Like, (laughs) I hate going to fill up my gas tank. Yeah. I hate changing the wiper blades. Like, I put off getting an oil change, like, rotating tires. But as much as I resist some of those things and, like, in the midst of like maybe a busy week, I think like, oh, I can't be bothered right. to get the oil change this week. Well, getting the oil change means that like I'm not out of car for like a week or two weeks or have to look for a new car because like now my engine shot. Like right. as much as there are times when I don't want to, the cost both to my time and, you know, financially or in the energy is so much less if I just do that than it is if I wait until, like, my car has blown up or run out of gas and, like, <laughs> is ruining my entire day now. And and that's kind of how your marriage is. Like, it's not that every single time you want to do those things that require a little extra effort. Like, right. even things like sex. Like, it's not that every day of your life you're like, Yay! Like, Hooray! You know, if you're well, both, somebody is, but not. I mean, not, some people. Most are. people aren't. And and the truth is that one of you probably, you know, is more. The majority of the week, one of you probably is more often than the other person is, and that's just kind of like the life. way of it. But 
if you're both like adults with busy lives, kids or jobs or school, like whatever's in your life, yeah, you have days and you're tired and, you know, but having that in the back of your head, like this is not just about doing something because my partner likes it or I like, this is about taking care of our relationship. Right. I need to show up. Right. I think that's really, that to me is the biggest work of staying married. Show Show up. up. (laughs) Yeah. Show up. It really boils down to that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and to talk a little bit more about the flip side of this equation, the the folks who are kind of like, well, if we love each other, Mm -hmm. then, you know, everything will be fine. You know, um, one of the things that that came up that I thought was interesting, um, uh, Chrissy, is it Chrissy or Christy? Tegan. Chrissy or Christy? Christy. I think it's... I think it's Christy. I think it's Christy. Christy Teigen had made some comments about... Yeah, she's adorable. (laughs) And she had made... And she's married to John Legend, for those of you who don't know. Um, But she had made some comments about not hiring a hot nanny. Oh, right. And gotten in a lot of trouble because people were sort of up in arms about, oh, you can't... Why would you say that? Um, You know, and I was just sort of like... I wouldn't hire hot nanny. <laughs> <laughs> My kids are old, but no, we, I would not be interested in hiring a hot nanny. And I think we we leap to some assumptions right. when you hear a woman make a comment like that. And I don't think she's suggesting, I mean, I don't know her and I don't know John Legend, but I don't think she's suggesting that he's untrustworthy. Right. Or that... Incapable of... In- controlling, controlling, like, himself. animal lust or something. Right. But this is a person who... Is if we're talking about a hot nanny, like this is a person who either lives with you or basically lives with you, like somebody you see yeah. every day who's nurturing your children, and if you're attracted to them, that adds a whole significantly attracted to them. Yeah, that adds a whole another layer of stuff that you have to work through, and that you know, as your partner, that I have to kind of like thinking is she hotter than I am is he right. more does she does he think she's better with the kids than I am like there's a yeah it feels like you're adding a lot that you may not need to add exactly and I think that's another part of it is sort of back to that sort of concept of like but shouldn't it be this hard work like no it's okay to say you know what how about we're not going to add that layer it it in all honesty, it probably makes zero difference right. for a lot of couples. Like, he is in love with and very attracted to his wife. And, you know, and let's face it, she's kind of, she's a hot chick anyway. Like, right. what does she have to worry? But why add in an element that either could create temptation for him or create a sense of insecurity for her? Because there's already work to be done. Like, every day of your marriage is already, like, there's just general things as you, like, live and grow why add in something that has the potential um well sorry i think there's this narrative that once you are you know once you are married and you love someone and you've been in love with them like that you aren't attracted to other people and or if you are there's something there's something wrong. wrong there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with your relationship exactly and it's just not true you don't stop being attracted to people because you get married and i mean Maybe in the in love stage, like, frankly, you probably have trouble remembering that other people exist or to, like, right. pick up your dry cleaning <laughs> or tie your shoes. Like, that is a very <clears throat> powerful chemical process that at max lasts for, like, two years. Right. And then after that. You can't function after that. Right. You can't function. I wasn't functional. Oh. I literally remember, like, looking up in my husband's eyes and being like, 
I'm so in love. Like, you it's can't overwhelm me. Yeah, like the world what would that stop work to moving. Do? <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine if I was still doing that? Um, it'd be crazy. No, we wouldn't even be on this podcast right <laughs> no, now. No, because I'd just be staring in his eyes. Um, but yeah, that doesn't that fades. And it doesn't magically protect you from being attracted to other people or being interested in other people. And you have to sort of, I think that's the work of commitment is setting those boundaries and saying like, you know, if I meet someone who I am attracted to, who I know if I were single, I'd be interested in them. I set really strong boundaries around my relationship with that person. Like I'm not going to just be hanging out with them all the time. You know, I'm not just going to be spending this time with them by myself. Like, I'm not going to let those seeds grow because I don't think there's any magical force that prevents me from having feelings for somebody else. Right. There's, and I think that's, that that's so key. Like, it is, it's a choice. Every day you get up and make a choice to not just be and not just love your spouse, but to also be committed to them and make decisions that protect that commitment. And I think, you know, we talk about it a lot in my office and especially when I'm working with couples where there's been infidelity is like it's not it's very complicated and part of the work is figuring out where you allowed yourselves to become vulnerable to that exactly it's not to say that there aren't those people out there who for you know who for whatever reasons are not who are genuinely just not committed right to their partner but for a large proportion of people that happens because we pretend like it should be fine I love my spouse. I'm committed to them. And so it doesn't matter. I can hang out with that coworker who shares all my interests and likes the things that maybe my spouse doesn't like. But right. That, and is cute. And is cute and funny. And, right. And I don't have anything to worry about. And that's no, just not true. That's not true. Mm-mm. Because we're human beings. Like, it doesn't stop. I mean, you it know, people joke. You know, you, we joke about, you know, you get that celebrity hall pass. Like... And it's funny because you think, oh, I'll never meet those people. But the reality is, like, there are people in your everyday life that will be attractive. And that's not a sign that your relationship's in trouble. It's just something that you have to be willing to acknowledge. Right, and deal with. If you're not willing to put boundaries around that person, then I think that's something you need to look at. Like, if you're not willing to do that. that's the sign that there's a problem. Yeah, that's when you need to do some investigation. Like, why am I not, you know? yeah. Or why is this so hard? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a constant sort of thing, but everybody's going to run into people and interact with people and be like, huh, there's a little, there's a little something there. There's a little spark yeah. there or whatever. And it's sort of saying, I'm going to kill that flame. <laughs> before it- right. We're going to snuff out that little spark right there before I set my house on fire. Exactly. And kind of literally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really, it really is like, let's not torch the Jenga tower. Let's. Right. Let's be thoughtful about that. And I think, but all of those things are just sort of small things that we overlook as being that work of marriage. And so we wait until it's like this painful process of like rebuilding or, deal, you know, where it's like, no, it shouldn't be that hard every day. No. Um, well, one of the things too is I don't think, I feel like people don't spend a lot of time talking about the gifts of marriage, like the gifts of being in a committed relationship with someone for a long time. True. Um, And you've been married quite a long time. Quite a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I might have a couple decades under my belt at this point. (laughs) What would you say some of the 
gifts of marriage are? I think... It sounds, see, I said I was, like, kind of a hopeless romantic. Like, it sounds sort of cheesy, but I think one of the best gifts is after that kind of, like, I'm high on love phase ends is, like, this deeper, comfortable friendship. Like, I was talking to somebody who was saying, like, you know, I miss the fireworks, and I'm like, but you need to wait for, like, that slow-burning, like, ember. Like, that's so much better. Like, it's so much Right. There's just, like it burns hotter and longer and like it that sense of being connected to another person like for the long haul right that partnership in life like you just don't get that in other places like in other relationships like there is something really I think very special about that and like very like secure like even when my husband makes me crazy which (laughs) if you knew him it's maybe some more often than I'd like sometimes <laughs> but like even in those on those days in those moments and I think this goes to that piece of like the work is there's always a part of me that's like he's the person that I want to like go home to like mm-hmm. if I have a rough day even if he kicked off my rough day <laughs> he's also still the place where I want to go to feel like comforted and safe and happy and like I there's sort of like this safe harbor in like the mess that is life sometimes and I think that's a gift yeah. That, to your point about talking about the gifts, is, like, understanding it and seeing it for that also makes you more motivated on the days when, as I said, he may have kicked off my bad mood. But I also know that I still really want that with him. And so instead of coming home and being grouchy because I felt like he was grouchy in the morning, I come home wanting to say, like, let's figure this let's out. figure this out. Or, you know what, you're probably tired and let's move past it. And just sort of move on with our lives. And I think right. that's sort of the value of recognizing that as a gift, is saying, like, well, okay. So that's worth me maybe setting aside ego or pride or doing the hard work of having maybe an uncomfortable conversation to sort of protect this other, like, really special gift that you have with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I think to piggyback off that, like, that idea of, like, this person is a home for you, right? Like, mm-hmm. this person is an emotional home and, you know, other types yeah. of home as well for <laughs> like you. Like, actually a home. Actually yes. a home. Um, but that there's something about having your sort of deeper emotional needs met, mm-hmm. you know, on the whole, by this person that makes you feel sort of able to launch yourself into the world like yeah and do other things and take risks in life mm-hmm. because in, at your core you feel safe and you feel protected like I, I feel yeah. like that's one of the things that I feel the most in my marriage is like this is such a good base and this is yeah. such a like you know satisfying and sort of content base that then I can go do things that maybe I might be too nervous or too hesitant to do like in other areas of my Mm -hmm. life because I feel grounded um by this person and by this by this marriage um so I I definitely think that that's another I would agree that that sense of like it's almost like it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks like I can go out and like fail at everything else in my life and but there's this person I get to come back to who still thinks that I'm pretty awesome right and that's huge yeah, no, yeah. that makes a big difference. Yeah. So. I think that's good. Yeah, marriage is hard, but. Kind of awesome. Kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. 
that hard. And not that hard. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And I think, I want to say, I think the trick to remembering it's not that hard is remembering what's really good about it. Because there's other, like, far less sort of, you know, philosophical and emotionally, like, it's also just, like, nice. Like, I am a cuddler. Like, I don't know. What would I do if I didn't have somebody to, like, like literally sleep with? Not, yeah. like, like, but, like, yeah. genuinely. Actually like, sleep. Right. Like, my, I'm cold. My body's always cold. I have cold feet. Cold. Like, I need, like, this other, like... And he's hot all the time. Yeah. Figuratively (laughs) and literally. (laughs) But, I mean, there are these other kind of, like, that seem, like, silly and superficial. But But no, absolutely. We need people to cuddle. We need people to go to the movies with. Like, we need people to just, like, hang out on a Saturday and do a whole lot of nothing with. Exactly. There was a dead mouse in my driveway a couple weeks ago. What am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, in reality. Um... Yes, I can take care of it all by myself, but let me tell you. Sure, but why would you? Exactly. (laughs) I'm like, you know, and there were just some things, and it was funny because I called, and he was, my husband happened to be out of town, and he was like, babe, you you got this. Like, it's already dead. You got it. You can handle this. And I said, no, No. I'm just going to wait for you to come home. But thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And he's totally right, and I feel like people who really know me are like, I mean... I'm sure if push came to shove, you could do it. I could totally do it. I, I'm so just, not the, like, girly, like, oh, no. I need a man to, like, build my bookcase and, like, put gas in my car. Like, I'm not that. I, no. I'm very independent. I do a lot of things by myself. But there's something nice about having another person in, in your life where you go, like, hey, can you handle this? Yeah, marriage is a literal partnership. Like, it, it, sh- it should function as a partnership. Yeah. Like, there are things that I'm better at than my husband is and vice versa. There are things he's more comfortable doing. Yeah. Like, he takes all of the trash. I clean the bathrooms. Like, I don't even know how many times he's cleaned the bathroom since we've lived in that house. <laughs> but I also don't know how many times I've taken out the trash. <laughs> Probably not that many. Right. So... You know, there is, you know, and then of course there are bigger things, like just bigger skills that I have or that he has. Yeah. He's an engineer, so all of the electronic engineering type stuff is yeah. done by him. And all those smart things. All of those smart things smart are done. math, science sure. things. He does all of those right. things. But if we have to write a letter to someone or if we have to, you know, negotiate with someone. Yeah. Like smart word things. That's going to be me. That's all you. He's like, <laughs> we, we know who knows how to talk to people. She's got this covered. Right. So, you know, it's, it is, I do think, I mean, I think, you know, in some ways we've kind of lost that as a virtue of marriage because mm-hmm. now the narrative is so much about finding your soulmate and finding this, like, someone you're so deeply in love with and share all these interests with, which is great, but... If you think about, like, marriage's original intention was, like, we need a partner to get through life and to make babies with, like, and those things are still very valuable. And if you don't have, you can be as in love as you want, but if you don't have a functioning partnership, it is hard. I mean, mean, I'm sure you've worked with couples who, they love each other, they're both great people, but as partners, they struggle, like, they don't sort yeah. of they have trouble balancing each other and that's the hard work that ought not to be the quote unquote default hard work of marriage right it's 
you should feel like this is a good partnership. Right. I have work to do. You have work to do. It's not that we both sort of coast along in this magical, in love bubble bubble fantasy. But the flip side is that we we have this functional partnership that requires a little bit on each part to do make it happen. But it shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be so painful and difficult. And I think, I, I think that's just so true. When we. I think sometimes we push back, like it seems anti-feminist or something. Like, yeah. No, partnership, Mm-mm. from my perspective, is as feminist as it gets. I mean, the whole point is right. we can be equal partners. Equal doesn't mean that I do the same thing that you do. Exactly. It means we come together and figure out, like, we have equal voting rights. Right. We have equal stake in the relationship. Equal stake, equal power. But when it boils down to what we both do... It's not necessarily going to be the same thing. Right. It probably shouldn't be the same thing because then what's the point of that's not a partner. That's just sort of like a redundant right. employee. Like, I'm good at things. You're good at things. Let's, And they don't have to be drawn on stereotypical gender lines. But right. figuring Whatever, out for you know, works for you. you. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So marriage is kind of fantastic. Yeah. Marriage is, is, is magical. In the way out. that, <laughs> in the way that magic actually is not magical, right? Like, ma- I mean, a good magic show is not magic. It happened because that magician spent like countless years practicing and honing their skills and learning how to do this thing that then you get to look at from the outside and go and be like in awe of and right. be entertained by and enjoy. And that's kind of how marriage is like. If it's working and it's healthy, like, people on the outside think it's almost magical. Right. They think you're levitating. Right. Like, you, they think, oh, you magically fell in love and you're levitating through life. And the truth is that behind closed doors, you both are putting an effort, but you want to put in the effort. Right. You know, you're not being forced to create this magic. Like, you both said, uh, yeah, this is cool. We can do this. We can practice this a little bit. Right. Well, and I, I, it's funny, I was talking to a therapist colleague about, like, you know, how how do you know when marriage is too much work? And she was saying, well, you know, when you don't want to do the work anymore. When you mm-hmm. don't want to do the work anymore, like, genuinely, you're done with that process. You don't want to try and engage. Like, that's when it's too much work. Yeah. When you don't have the desire anymore to do it, even if you're having trouble... You know, sometimes you have trouble figuring out what you need to do or how to get there, that kind of thing. That's different. But if you're like, I don't want to do this work anymore, then that's a problem. When you can look at the list and go, I know what I need to do to make this work for us, and I don't want to, I think think that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if you do it anyway. Right. You are not, and maybe that's where the, that's the magic fairy dust really is that is the desire right because you can go through the motions but if there's not this piece of you that says i i want to do i want this. to do this because i want the partnership and the the love and the connection and the affection and all that stuff i want it with this person that desire is gone yeah yeah that's a problem yeah that's a problem all right all right so you know what time it is. Yes. Read, listen, watch. RLW. Yes. What do you got? So I recently finished a book called Fates and Furies, and I'm going to blank on the author's name. It's Laura or Lauren. 
but I can't remember the last name. But it's called Fates and Furies, and it's, like, everywhere now. It's, yeah. It was, and it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Because that's is. what we do with everything we can't remember while we're talking. Exactly. And it was, like, on the New York Times, like, one of the best books of 2015. So you can pretty much, yeah. like, walk anywhere near books right now, and you'll see it. <laughs> just, just find books just, on the street, and it's Books on the street or on the internet. <laughs> just randomly encounter books, and somebody, it'll pop up. <laughs> But anyway, it's it's interesting because it tells the story of a marriage from each side of the couple. So the husband's story is first, and then the wife's story is second, and mm-hmm. they're very different, of course. And I'll admit, I've I have a weird relationship to this book in that I wasn't that thrilled with the husband's story. I don't know what this means. I wasn't that thrilled with the <laughs> husband's story, which is odd because I feel like I kind of usually more identify with like men's emotional difficulties in marriage than women's in some Mm -hmm. ways. But no, I wasn't a fan too much of his side, but I loved the wife's perspective. (laughs) I don't know. She's your kind of girl. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I was really sort of, there was a lot that came out in that, that her story where you were like, oh, this is not what I thought it was. (laughs) So... But it's super interesting, and it's it has kind of a lyrical quality to it, which I really like in my fiction. Like, I like them to have kind of a way with words, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I highly recommend checking it out, and I'd definitely love to hear people's thoughts about it, you know, and be curious if other people had a split between really what? preferring one side of the book to the other. Yeah. Um, or feeling like they connected a lot more with one side than the other. So. I'm such a fan of that um, that kind of storytelling because I think it, I mean, because it's so true, right? We all have such different perspectives and it's funny, you and I have talked about um, the TV show on Showtime, The Affair. Yeah. Which, and they sort of tell the story in that same way. Right. Um, and there was a great article where they were sort of asking like, how accurate is that? That people's retelling of the same account could be so different. Oh, yeah. Particularly in something so intimate, and it really, it is. Yeah. And that show, I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before. I don't know if we have. But that show, like, you have trouble, like, understanding what is reality? Like, what mm-hmm. really happened? Yeah. Because the perspectives are so different. Yeah. You become uncertain as to, okay, what is the truth here? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of realize, like, oh, I guess it doesn't really matter in some <laughs> like, ways. Yeah, like, in some ways it doesn't matter because it's just sort of, because life continues to move forward. Like, whatever right. and they're operating off of their, yes. whatever narrative they've developed about it. That's how they're operating anyway. So whatever the truth is, it yeah. kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of leads me into therapist problems. Because, you know, I mean, and I know that this happens for everybody. But I think in particular when it comes to couples, like coming to you wanting to vent or wanting to talk about their relationship problems. Mm-hmm. And there is a piece of that, like if you're, especially if you're friends with a couple. So you get bits and pieces from both sides. Right. And how do you decide when to just listen and empathize? Like, how do you become, I love this phrase, sort of like a friend of the marriage versus a friend of each individual. Like, yeah. And how do you figure out where you fit into that process? Because, because very much like your book, like the affair, that everyone has their own sense of what the reality is. And then right. 
as this third person who theoretically is the objective listener. Right. Which you're not. Which you're not. At all. But. Right. You're not. Because you're more your objective friends. than they are, I guess. But Right. Like, you're not <laughs> in it, but you're sort of trying to meld together these stories. And, I mean, certainly it happens in the therapy room. It's very different. Like, yeah. It's work. Mm-hmm. And we spend a lot of time in, in looking at process, and, and it's very different. But, like, with friends where it's just kind of like. Well, you might have stories. a strong opinion about, like. I think one of the things with that issue is, you know, as a therapist, people come to you so differently and you're not invested in, you're invested in them, but you're not invested in their lives looking a certain way or being a certain way. Like you're not stuck with that with them because it's like, I care about you as my client, but I don't need your life to mirror something that I thought about that I thought your life should be or, or something like that. Yeah. And with friends... I definitely have ideas about how they should be living their lives. <laughs> right. <laughs> how that life should sync up with my life. Like, yeah. I have ideas about that and I have opinions about that. And if they've entered into a marriage that doesn't fit my narrative of what their marriage should be. Yes. Or a, a relationship. I shouldn't just say marriage. Then it becomes very hard to be. I'm, I'm not objective. No. I'm not objective at all. Yeah. Because I want, you know. I want their partner to be a certain yeah. Person. I want it to. I want your life to be the way I want your life to be. Exactly. I I give a shit because I have to spend time with you. I'm not yeah. seeing you one hour a week. Like right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's just this like I am invested. Right. And really, in some ways, depending on how much time you spend with them, it's like real. The truth is, I bring a third narrative to the process because right. I have my own opinion about how you two interact and what that looks like and those kinds of things. And, and find really, you know, for some friends more than others, like I definitely have lots of friends, like it's just venting. Like I can vent about my own stuff. They vent about their stuff and yeah. it's like, nobody's really looking for advice. And then I have other friends where it's not necessarily, it's the relationship, but maybe the, just a period of time where it's like, what's my role? Yeah. What's my role? And I think to some degree there is a piece of it that is a quote unquote therapist problem because I can I can push myself to be more objective. Like I can yeah. have that internal dialogue because that's what I do about work for work and kind of separate exactly. myself. But then I'm not really being your friend at that point. Exactly. And I don't want to be your therapist, I want to be your friend. Right. And so I do have some friends where I'm just like are you looking for me to give you like I'm like if you were my client this is what, what I might I say saying? to you but like I'm not so as your friend here's what I really think yeah and sometimes I'll ask people I'll be like do you want me to be a therapist right now or do you want to be right like, what do are we want doing me to be my, do you want me to be your friend and of course people always say well both <laughs> like both does it, that's not a thing I'm like you can hear both of those things but mm-hmm. where the dialogue dialogue continues from there like First of all, I can't maintain therapist mode right, no. forever. Like, right, I just, exactly. I mean, it would not be exhausting <laughs> and awful. Like, nobody can do that. Like, I love being a therapist, but <clears throat> no. it is a very special relationship. Right, and it's a relationship that is one-sided. I mean, it's one-sided. It's right. not that I don't get any fulfillment from my work, but my job is not to be fulfilled by my by our clients. Like, right. my job is to support them to have, get the experience they need. Right. Which is not the same as, like, a friendship or a family relationship. Yeah. But, yeah, it's tough because I definitely have my ideas about 
what people's marriages should be like, who they should be married to, yeah, how many kids they should be having if they're having them at all. Like, I've got ideas. I do. I have. I have opinions <laughs> about what should be happening, and yeah, and finding that. I would be interested to hear from people, therapists and non-therapists, about navigating that because I think it's something that is tricky for everybody, for all of us, particularly where relationships are concerned. Like, it's one thing to kind of be supportive, you know, if somebody's got an issue with work or yeah. Or even sometimes with family, but, like, your romantic relationship is so up and down in, like, uncharted waters. Like, you can be like, I'm leaving and have this whole conversation with me. And then the next morning, you had some heart-to-heart and it's a totally and different space. That and that you're staying. Yeah. Forever. Right. Like, now you're getting married. Like, Right. Oh. Okay. Right. So I would love to hear what people have to say. So hopefully um, they will find us. Twitter, um, I'm at Esther B. MFT. You can get to Erica at GTA Therapists. Nice. And hopefully people can send us some send us some problems. I mean, yeah. obviously we would love it if you would send us solutions to the problems we talk about. <laughs> but aside from that, like send us. I'm I'm very curious to hear like what other people. Um, think like what are some good therapist problems yeah Yeah. how do you navigate that and what do you think about what we're talking about today so yeah we'd love to hear from you guys absolutely well i think with that being said (laughs) we are wrapping up for today um definitely if you like today's episode check out the next episode and the next episode you know the best way to do that is to actually just get on itunes and subscribe to the podcast and while you're subscribing, feel free to rate and review us. Yeah. And, like, you know, hopefully you think that we're pretty fantastic. But if not, you can tell us what you'd like us to do differently. We'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. And you can find, obviously, show notes and more information on conversationsoffthecouch.com backslash podcast, um, as well as on my website. It's all the same information, so it doesn't really matter where you go. Um, but on my website, estherboykin.com backslash podcast. Lots of good information there. All right. All right. Thanks so much. What'd you think of today's episode? If you're listening in the anchor.fm app, hit the button up at the top and leave us a message. You can also send us messages on Instagram or Twitter at EstherBMFT and at Ian Flats. You can send us your therapist problems, suggestions for read, listen, watch, or ideas for upcoming episodes. And with that being said, Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, anchor.fm. Catch you in the next episode.